Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Jess Grace Garcia, and I'm a worship pastor, filmmaker, music producer, and it is interesting being um, visibly trans for the first time in my life in this season. Welcome. We've been waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you. (laughs) Better late than never. And you are? I'm Jack Quinn, drag queen, theologian, comedian. And I was so preoccupied with whether I could that I didn't stop to think whether I should. <laughs> I shouldn't. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> A little Jurassic Park moment for your nerves. We're not in the room that has the Jurassic Park corner. <laughs> <laughs> My literal house has the Jurassic Park corner. That's how obsessed. Well, I'm sitting on a Jurassic Park blanket. <laughs> Every house should have a little Jurassic Park shrine. There is. It's it exists and it's at ours. <laughs> <laughs> she's got like these like this ivy that's like going around it and she's got like paintings that I've bought her in the past like up on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted Excellent. back in the back in the day, she wanted a like one of those, I'm sure people have seen them like on Etsy and stuff, like the T-Rex head that like um, goes on a wall mm-hmm. that's like 3D printed or something. Uh, she wanted that and she wanted, I said, she wanted to put it in the bathroom so she could <laughs> hang her <laughs> towel from it. And at the time I said, no, at this point, if it made her happy, I'd say yes, it's it's fine. I don't want to say it too loud so she doesn't hear. <laughs> You said yes, I heard. <laughs> I don't want to stare at a T-Rex while I'm using the restroom. Like, I really don't. I don't know if that'll affect my performance. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> anyway, what are we? what's our theme this week? What are we talking about? We, I think we already alluded to it in our last episode. Yeah, we wanted to keep it light and breezy, so we thought we would tackle all the anti-trans and anti-drag and anti-queer legislations going on in the world. You know, light, light. We just love, we love just some fluffiness. We're all about the fluff. Mm-hmm. It's all <laughs> human interest pieces here at Lavender Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's oh my god things have been so dark it's been fucking rough like i saw a tweet the other day that like today might be the first day in three months straight that a state legislature has not introduced like a new anti-queer bill like it's only because they're mostly taking the fucking day off of oppression for religious reasons (sighs) They should take every day off of oppression for religious reasons. How about we try that? Yeah, seriously. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what you just said. Every day. Every day. And that's just in this country. (sighs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember back when it was like we were just listening to other countries that were so far removed that were constantly dealing with 
this crazy shit. And even though you don't want to, you kind of disconnect from it. And you're like, mm-hmm. that's so far from us. I do remember when that was a time. Yeah. Doesn't feel like that right now. I feel like in like leftist and progressive circles, we can kind of buy into the myth that things are going to keep getting better in like a linear way. Nope. But like That's with not how it works. Like if anybody believed that post Trump, like mm-mm, things have gotten so much worse lately. Maybe we should talk about what we're talking about. Like when we talk about like yeah. anti anti trans, anti drag, anti LGBTQ bills, like what are what are some of the things that are out there that are becoming law or in the process of becoming law? The one that, that, that comes to mind right away is the um the bills that, that are trying to be passed about um drag queen story hours. Like mm-hmm. You know, not allowing drag queens to to read read to children, um, because there's plenty of reasoning that, for whatever reason, um, people have it in their mind that it will sexual that that drag queens are sexual and will sexualize something to a child, which is just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, because you obviously haven't been to a drag queen story hour, <laughs> that's. <laughs> Right. What you think? Like I have not seen a more mo- modestly dressed anyone other than a drag queen at a story hour. <laughs> like because they're so cut. Like everything is covered, but it has nothing to do with that, right? So anyway, it's it's mm-hmm. it's about a quote unquote man in a dress. That's what it. That's what it comes down to. Um, and and prejudice and. But that's the one that that that's coming that's coming to mind right away. That's um. Feels. It, incredible and i can't believe it's actually been passed in multiple places and it is um scary for some of our friends that are in those states yeah like the most prominent iteration of that is in tennessee and the way the bill is worded saying that like um a quote-unquote male or female impersonator who's <laughs> performing is like automatically like classified as an adult cabaret act under the law like it's definitely going to be weaponized against drag queens and that was like its stated purpose but it's also going to be weaponized against trans people it's all across the board because though we don't fit like we're not male or female impersonators unless we're also drag queens or drag kings or drag performers like a lot of people won't see us that way. Like if I walked down the street in a dress because I'm feeling my non-binary oats, yep. um, you know, a cop or somebody else with the like power to enact state violence against me could see, would see like a female impersonator, quote unquote. Yeah, you're right. And the... The bill is just so vague, and I think that it is so on purpose. Absolutely. And we called them on it right away. Like, mm-hmm. this is obviously on purpose. They're like, no, no, we're just trying to stop drag queens. It's like, can you tell the difference between a trans person and a drag queen or, or a drag king? Can you? <sighs> right. And, 
like the way the bill is worded, uh, like a trans person singing in a church choir, like that's an adult cabaret act now and mm. would be a misdemeanor. And if they, I think if they perform, if they like got caught a second time, it'd be a felony for singing in church. <laughs> like this is like not just a freedom. It's like, it's so obviously a freedom of speech thing. Like how can you not, how can you just make illegal you know, somebody dressing the way they want, uh, putting makeup on if they want, putting a wig on if they want. But it's also going to severely curtail like the free freedom of practice religion, and yeah. people should care about that. <laughs> people should care about both of these things more than they seem to. The people that are enacting these things, yeah. I I I don't think I've ever felt so so targeted in a long time like it is it is an insane feeling to be um i don't know maybe i'm just used to feeling targeted as like as a queer person um and and you know having heard and been on both sides of the of the picket lines when it comes to gay marriage and things like that like mm -hmm. growing up through my life maybe maybe that's why but yeah i it's been a really weird and scary and exhausting experience to be trans and feeling like so so targeted so unseen so they're desiring to unsee us. Um, mm -hmm. Just that hatred is, is just right there. It's just yeah. blatantly right there. And, and it, it, it's scary. <laughs> it's scary to say the least. Like I remember feeling when Trump was, um was elected when we were doing during that presidential run, we had to go and vote. I remember making a decision that I regretted. Like I remember having, we lived in a red um, county at the time and um, Erica and I, I told Erica, you know, I'm going to go separately than you just to make sure that we're safe. Cause there mm -hmm. had been a lot of violence at even at the vo voting polls and things like that mm -hmm. um, re reported. And so I, I didn't want us to get targeted and I came back and I, I was regretful about that cause I wanted to, I never want to live in in the shadows mm -hmm. um, or exist in the shadows. And I vowed that like I would do my best to to always be honest and true and real. And um, wow, my fucking timing. Like I love to push the the limits all the time, but it's just such an interesting thing to kind of realize that I want to live into my my non-binariness more and like grow a beard last year and like <laughs> do all these things um that are more more absolutely more visibly trans and now I'm like we're getting attacked the most it's like man my timing is interesting <laughs> <laughs> um and, and I'm thankful for it because I feel like I relate like so much more to the experience of other trans folks than I ever did. Mm -hmm. And 
for the queer people out there that don't identify as trans, um, I know, and for the allies, I know you identify with us. I know you want to, you want to care for us and you're deeply hurting for us. But there is just a feeling that, that you might not ever understand of being the target of someone's hate in this, in this way that is like, I didn't know. And I say that literally from my own experience. I didn't know until I was here. I think most queer people know it to, to an extent. I think they know it to an extent, but I think like, I think there's just a level and I think everyone should recognize this. It's like any level of privilege. It's like, I'm not going to know what it's like to be, um, a person of color that is do that is like either in feminine drag or is trans femme, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just not I'm not gonna know the level of or sing and single trying to find a partner. I'm not gonna know that level of um of targeting and risk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's interesting how one or two things can change. But it feels like everything's changed, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I now think about like, where am I at right now? How close am I to LA County? Like, where am I at? How late is it that I'm walking to this spot? Like, I never thought about that stuff mm-hmm. as much before. I mean, to a certain extent, as a woman, I did. You know what? I, you know, I think the people who are listening mm-hmm. will understand. I'm not saying that that like you don't get it. I'm saying we really, we really don't always. And I'm saying that also from my previously like losing my voice. I didn't know what it was like to be a certain level of disabled in this world until I was in it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> oh." You know, and it was really, it was good for me to have that experience. I don't want everyone to have mm-hmm. that experience. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's absolutely important to hold up, like, both, both that it, queer people, we all share uh, experience of suffering in a queerphobic society or queerphobic communities and that intersectionality means that different ones of us even you know the same person over like changes in yes their yeah. life are going to experience are going to have that experience uh, more or less intensely yeah yeah i agree with you completely as like a trans non-binary person who can who can pass as cis and doesn't want to <laughs> as much as yeah. possible, um, both for like representation and like authenticity reasons. Like I can have, you know, different different experiences of like being oppressed as a queer person within like the same day. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's weird. Like if you're if you're walking around cis passing, and then and then you decide to go out and do it up. You know, mm-hmm. you might have a totally different, it's such a weird, wow. <laughs> yeah, and last episode I talked about how I moved out to Riverside County, the frontier of civilization. 
Um, <laughs> August kind of wrinkles when I talk about it like that. And I say, well, at least I included it in the category of civilization. <laughs> um, like, I have to think about, even if I'm like going to Target and I'm like wearing a dress, like which Targets are, yep. at which Target am I not going to be a Target? <laughs> like, Valid, yeah. I feel like, I feel like every Target is like a little bit of like a gay embassy. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, it's not like that everywhere. Like the Target close to my house is in this town called Norco. And their tagline is like Horsetown USA or something. It's like a <laughs> no way. It's like a town. <laughs> their main street is like it's all designed in this sort of like faux Wild West kind of architecture. Oh my gosh, that was a choice. They just made a choice. They really went with yeah, it. Yeah, choices were made. <laughs> it's like red, white, and blue everywhere. <laughs> it's like a whole town built around like rodeo sort of lifestyle. And <laughs> I I get like I get nasty looks and I'm I'm grateful that that's all I've gotten so far right. there when I've yep gone to Norco like presenting like visibly queerly. I've I've I feel like even in LA I've had like a um a couple more encounters than expected that have been aggressive. Um, and I don't mm. know if that's just because I'm more masculine presenting now. Like I mm. had, I've never had anyone. Um, well, maybe I have like once or twice, maybe. Like, but more in the last like was six months since I did that. I started growing a beard. Um, I have had a few times where people have driven past me and yelled at me for something that I was doing that they they didn't like, mm. and. I was like, that's weird. Like, does that equate? You know, like, is this similar? Um, I haven't had, um, I've been mostly avoiding areas that that I feel uncomfortable in. Although um, we went down to, I think it's Palos Verdes. Went down to Palos Verdes for my birthday to, um, to a really, really cool, like, light show um, thing at a... Um, botanical gardens down there mm -hmm. and um it was a really cool experience for someone that really loves soundscapes and 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 production like it was amazing but it was very um heavily like latine and um when i had to go to the restroom there were there was only um there's only men's and women's restrooms and I chose the women's cause I felt safer going in there, e even though I was getting looks, uh, mm -hmm. even with the mask on, you could see my beard. Um, and so I was getting plenty of looks, but it was like, it's, it still felt safer. Mm -hmm. Um, which is a weird thing to be Mexican, see a whole bunch of other Mexicans and feel less safe. It's a weird experience. I'll just say that. I'm sure someone can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, friend. Oh, it's okay. It's just, and, and like, I feel so, the other thing that happens in my brain, which I'm sure people can relate to, I feel silly about, like, feeling, having to process shitty looks versus, like, some of the literal abuse that people are, are experiencing in other states, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I can feel, 
through especially our Lavender Mafia Discord community, like we have people that are in those states that are that are just like going freaking through it. We have we have, you know, like folks who who identify in those community in those in the trans umbrella that are just scared, you know, or people who do mm-hmm. drag, you know? And and that fear, it's like it can be all encompassing. Like, how do I exist in this world? What do I do? And most of us don't have money. Most of us don't have the luxury mm-hmm. of being able to go like, oh, I'm just gonna relocate to a more liberal to the city somewhere or i'm gonna go right <laughs> you know i'm gonna go to la or whatever like we're we are fortunate that we were able to move when we did for health reasons but it is it is not like some people um would rather do something that is really not shouldn't shouldn't be an option you know whether it's going back in the closet or 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 something else like instead of um you know they don't have another option of being able to leave like it's just mm-hmm. <sighs> i feel like we're in civil war too i i felt like that a couple years ago but i feel like that now more than ever it does feel like it's it, it's harder and harder for me to feel like i have anything in common with not just like the state legislators who are like doing this shit, but the conservatives who are supporting them. Yeah. Like I had a guy <sighs> slide into my DMs the other week, not in a fun way. Oh, he was a pastor of a church that I used to be part of, and he wanted to get in touch with me again. Um, Basically tell me that like everything I think is good is actually evil and that like gay marriage causes school shootings and all this sort of <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> we said that after the shooting. Yeah. Motherfucker. He said that like all the all the changes in society over the past fifty years, like that's why we have school shootings. I was like, I, I know you grew up in the 60s and 70s. Like, I'm not sure anyone else views it as positively as you do. Like, we talk. What's the last episode we talked about being a 1950s housewife and how that yeah. would actually suck if we were actually like being a 1950s housewife? Like, things are so much worse for women, people of color, queer people, disabled people. But he views it as this like golden age. Because back then, straight white men had even more of a disproportionate share of the pie than they do have now. And that's what's important to him. And it's just so hard. It's so hard for me who like every other sentence, like if if I were one of those dolls where you like pull the string and they have like two or three things they say, one of the things I would say is like queer liberation is liberation for everyone. Yes. Like all of our liberation is tied up and like, you know, queer people like we we stole slogans like that from the civil rights movement because like they saw some of these things clearly earlier than we did. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so hard for me to feel like I have anything common with somebody who just wants things to be 
better for like their own little like corner of humanity and they don't care if things are made so much worse for other people they don't care if people literally die because they get a bit more privilege yeah if it's not on a spreadsheet and it's been whitewashed from history then it's like it didn't happen like of Mm -hmm. course back then it was better right like Mm -hmm. there was that all they've seen is what they've whitewashed you know white and straight washed so like they don't know the history if they knew the history then you can't look back and go like you know and even then like you said they wouldn't care that queer people died and that trans people were killed or put in prison like they wouldn't care and that's and that's the thing like and that seems even more evident right now when you have when you do have pe- like such clear evidence of people like we do have the spreadsheets we do have the statistics we can show the the rate of 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 death you know mm-hmm. in in relation to it. it doesn't matter they they still they still want it to go back to the wonder years yeah and in in some ways like this isn't a bug it's a feature like when we tell them you know these changes you want to make to society like they're gonna end up with they're gonna result in more dead queer people they're gonna end up in or they result in more dead queer kids for some of them that's what they want yeah and and the fact that it's so interesting because i don't think you know it's a much smaller percentage that's willing to admit that which those are the scary, really scary folks on um, the Nazis and, and the KKKs and the things like mm-hmm. that. But like the people, there are so many more people who just won't admit that that is exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. It It's so scary. Like people who have studied like the histories, especially like leading up to genocides, like, Mm-hmm. And like in with the Nazis in Rwanda, like they see how like people talk about and treat trans people as like, yeah, this is this is like pre-genocide yep. stuff. Yeah. And like we're we're seeing that come about when we're saying like, you know, this is gonna end up in with you know more dead trans people. Well, and God, I, we've got to we got to include like all the content warnings we will this this episode we will right? need to do that yeah i think yeah i i was gonna say one of the things because um currently right now it is um april it's today's date 7th and it's been about a week and a half since the the nashville shooting um and um one of the key things about that shooting was that it was done at a small private Christian school that's attached to a church, Mm -hmm. which automatically connects a lot of us to this, to this thing. Um, and then the shooter was trans and, um, I'm not sure about their, their queerness. Um, and it is 
for me, it's been a really, probably one of the hardest shootings I've had to grapple with within myself. Um, Cause I've never so uh, deeply related to someone who's been in those shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very weird experience <laughs> to, um, to relate to. And for me, I went to a small private Christian school with covenant in the name. I, I, I know um, someone who currently works at that church. It's still, I'm not sure if it's been proven, um, but um, something that, that we have, we've he- heard from like pretty solid sources is that um, the, the shooter was, um, was abused in the, um, or molested in the, in that school, which is part of the reason for why they, they did what they did. And um, so for me, like, I'm trying to, decide whether or not that's something that we want to like uh like have integrity on and be honest about to our community or if we we um, omit it like everyone else is 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 there solid evidence of it i didn't know that there was yeah i i can get more evidence um from um from the person who told me a couple of the people that told me but um oh you've got like a source yeah Oh wow. I absolutely think that we should talk about that. Okay. One one thing that I I feel like there is some reason to question the transness of the person. Like there's just a lot that doesn't kind of add up. Oh like, really? One thing that, oh interesting. One thing that August pointed out to me was that like the shooters um so the shooters linked in was like one of the big pieces of evidence that people were using because like it says he, him, mm. um, and they were assigned female at birth. Well, I guess it's like, nope, no trans person puts their like dead name and their correct pronouns on a social media profile because the, that same social media profile has their birth name and he, him pronouns. And like, that's just not a thing that a trans person would ever do. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good point. Yeah, that is interesting the the um the thing that's 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 hard about this is because we think about especially for those of us that have moved past the point of not the past the point of transition what's the right way to say this have gotten to a more um settled place in our transness mm-hmm. um <clears throat> is sometimes we can forget about the the in-between space like um, LinkedIn's a weird social media for them to be doing referencing on. So that that's definitely got me my little like uh Yeah, like that's not a platform that you would do like yeah. your little like trans experimenting. Yes. The, it, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like obviously we all go through different phases where we try different names and some of us for whatever reason still have, you know, enjoy our feminine names with masculine presenting. Like there's all kinds of ways that we we show up or we try things out before we've cemented into something. And if, if they were trans and they were experimenting, it is weird that they would experiment on LinkedIn (laughs) and not um, somewhere else. But I think regardless, there's been this like accent on their transness. 
and and that yeah. has been clear. That has been clear from the media from day one, and not in a good way. Like yeah, um, and and it's it's very it's very crazy to me because um, even without transness, they're AFAB, and like that makes them very 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 much in the minority <laughs> for mm-hmm. shooters, and it it yeah, kind, yeah. it like. Uh, like what is going on in our world like because the last um minority shooter also um identified uh the last big minority shooter was the colorado springs that affected our you know our community in this way was the colorado springs shooter and Mm. they quote unquote identify as trans whatever i like to use they them pronouns when i don't know enough anyway (laughs) so that's fine um the the way in which this is happening in my mind is like um, what else is changing right now that would cause two extremely minority, but especially this most recent one in Nashville, a minority um like group that is like has never been on, really on the list of shooters. Like like sure, um AFAB folks um or even um women um are the our we we have our ways of doing murder me and me and uh jack are huge fans of true crime like we we mm-hmm. we know there's plenty of ways that 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 murder happens but but it's not this way when it comes to women it, it's 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 often not so okay what is changing well maybe it's that we're getting freaking attacked by all from all sides and there's mm-hmm. there's this like there's something there is something brewing. There's something scary happening here. And, um, and so I, I don't know my, my brain immediately, my logic brain immediately goes to that. Like, like we're loosening laws on, on, on gun laws and we're, we're attacking queer and trans folks. And like, we're not, uh, they're not supposed to just see that as a opportunity to push back and to fight right. back like they're just supposed to keep staying like like mute and flaccid and and you know not respond at all like i'm not justifying it i'm just saying that like the craziness of of this of of the level of attack that's happening here is going to result in in someone responding to it yeah Absolutely. And and I want them to I want us to be the noble ones, but sometimes we don't get to be the Martin Luther King Juniors. You know, we don't get to be the ones that that just march, you know, like sometimes mental health and other factors come into play. And guess what? The guns are easily accessible. And so suddenly right. you have someone who is in the minority take to this option. And it deeply grieves my soul. Mm-hmm. It deeply grieves my soul. And and the part that grieves me the most, just to finish my thought, is that maybe someone in this community could have met them and they could have known that Lavender Mafia or Q Worship Collective or QCF or any of these other communities existed. And that maybe they could have had some relief or some mm-hmm. someone to relate to, you know, mm-hmm. from this hurt and not felt 
that they needed to stay quiet always and just, I don't know what the, like fester. And, and it just made, I had that heaviness for the days following that what we're doing matters. And there was just, not that it's my job to take on a burden that large, but there was just for a couple of days, there was this like, Oh, we need to keep doing this work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now the Colorado Springs shooter, was that the guy who like started, it seems like he started identifying or they started identifying as non-binary after the fact. Uh So they wouldn't get charged, wouldn't get charged with a hate crime. Yeah. I, I apologize for misgendering the person if they actually have like an authentic non-binary experience. I'm very skeptical of this because yes. it seems like their lawyer told them uh, to do it. And I think there are some reasons to at least remain like a little agnostic about the the transness of the Nashville shooter. Like I'm not trying to like, um, <laughs> what do you call it? Invalidate anybody's, identity yeah, yeah, or absolutely. experience but there's just only so much we can know especially since the person's like their own testimony is no longer available to us um but like if they if they were trans or, or queer in in some way I, I have no doubt that their experience at that christian school was one of the things that pushed them over the edge like like you i not at all inclined to justify the action um violence against children is is deplorable and indefensible in any instance yeah um but do i understand kinda yeah, yeah like the it's it's so hard for trans people that you know if you keep put like putting your boot on our necks like with increasing like weight and force some of us are gonna snap some of us are gonna fight back some of us are gonna do it in in ways that are (laughs) that show the deep wounding yeah yeah that that we've experienced and some of the rest of us are going to fight back in ways that we feel are are constructive to to building a better society or at least for preventing this one from becoming any worse this might seem random to bring up right now but i i promise you it will make sense um i was watching the r kelly documentary uh about um just like you you all should know but but essentially the abuse that he he did um as um in his position of power um on women, like young girls and young boys and um one of the things i noticed in this inter- in these interviews cuz it's mostly black folks being being interviewed and um mm-hmm. and talking like parents of these kids and especially the black women when they would talk about their fear frustration and anger 
it was very different than I feel many of the documentaries I've watched where they have where the um, majority of interviewees have been white. And one of the key differences has been the way in which they described their hurt and their their fear or their anger and didn't show it. Mm. And I have experienced that in some ways in the queer community as well. Um, but we don't have the same stigma that the angry black female, quote unquote, stigma that mm. that exists, right? Like this, this feeling of like, if I just say something with too much, um, too much passion, I'm going to be dismissed. Um, and I've had, I've, you know, personally, you know, who've, you know, had these conversations with folks of color who've, who've, who've you know, talked about this. And for those of you that, that listen to our podcast, I'm, I'm sure you're going mm-hmm, <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, and in some ways, um, like, like we can relate, but this, this way of like, I'm going to talk slow and firm and calm and, tell you that I am hurt and tell you that I'm angry, but not show it is so interesting because it's something that I'm, I'm feeling very much right now in this, in this, just even in this moment of trying to explain like, um, this experience of, of like deep, deep, hurt and wounding and um, wanting to choose our words carefully and wanting to um, make sure that, that we aren't, you know, necessarily like misquoted by the wrong, you know, wrong people. Um, like, I feel like it's a base level understanding that, that, you know, murder of children is wrong. And we are the people that want to vote against guns because we want to save our kids' lives because like, like this right. is, this is how we feel, but we have to say it firmly and calmly. And I, every time I see someone walking up to those, to those microphones, to talk to legislators, to say, to say, you're killing our kids. <laughs> like, and they're not just talking about shooters they're talking about trans kids they're you know like and they're getting on mic and and like the difference in those people like you can tell as the privilege starts to reduce you see the difference in the way that they're trying to explain their hurt you know mm -hmm. yeah so that it communicates and it's just i don't know it's it's been very uh it's just been it's surreal <laughs> to to see it in real time happening right now the way mm. that it's happening i don't know if you've yeah. noticed it's just been like a thing i've noticed over the last month <sighs> yeah it reminds me one time i was preaching in drag at one of our former communities and uh a straight white 
male friend because of course it was watched it and said that he really liked it but wished i had like said everything like more calmly so that people who are like kind of on the fence might be more receptive to what i was saying because he he like agreed with what i was saying but but did you have to say it so angry and straighty needed to be put in his place i was like no i'm never going to talk about queer pain without talking about queer anger and how dare you suggest that i should yeah because <laughs> like we shouldn't feel like we have to censor ourselves like the the kids who were killed in nashville i believe they were all nine years old argus and i have a nine-year-old and like our nine-year-old is also trans and so like a lot of this has been hitting home for us like we've in some sense we've been camping on kind of the anti-drag kind of anti-trans stuff in nashville but there's there's so much there's bills keeping trans kids out of sports there's bills keeping trans people out of the right bathrooms there's bills banning gender affirming care yeah. for minor for minors and for fucking adults yeah yeah like not only do they not trust parents to make this decision like with their children and with their their doctors like they're not even letting trans adults make these choices for ourselves and it it's scary thinking about trans kids out there don't have the hormones that they need to be their authentic selves to they don't have the access to what they feel like they need to live a life that is worth living yeah And I don't I don't want to talk about that without without feeling it. Cause like you know, queer people like growing up, especially in like conservative faith communities, how much were we told to deny our feelings? And like how much <laughs> how much damage did I do that we're still undoing? Mm-hmm. Like we we need to like give ourselves and each other the freedom to to in, like keep keep these things integrated keep our beliefs and our and our anger and our pain integrated yeah i i think that that's been one of the harder things like i'm a feeling person and i was fortunate enough to be raised in a family that encouraged feelings um, and I realized that even more now being in friend groups of people that were discouraged from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely one of my strengths. Um, but I think what you said about holding on to our faith and on to, you know, our identity and uh, like having these these things continue to coexist as we fight for justice and as we feel like we're losing in some ways. Um, that's been one of the harder parts is, but at the same time, it's like it comes so naturally to just say like, no, fuck you. You don't get to take this from me. You don't mm-hmm. like, this has been my theme for like, like, 
freaking life. Like, you don't get to take this from me. That's why I've held on to my faith. It's mm -hmm. a good reason. And, and, and for those of you that have, have moved on from faith and have found other, you know, like, like foundational things for yourself, like, like I respect the hell out of that as well. Um, mm -hmm. Because there's a certain level of, of growth that, that comes from that as well. But personally, from my own perspective, if I had walked away from my faith, it would have, I would have lost a lot of myself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to ever sacrifice any part of my authenticity. And so this year has been so significant in stepping into my transness and the euphoria of wearing a beard and uh, wearing a beard, of having a beard, of like when I was, I had this moment, Jack, you'll appreciate this moment. I had this moment, <laughs> we did Palm Sunday and we were doing biblical character. We decided to do biblical times outfits. So everyone dressed up in biblical times um, for church. And yeah. it was the first time we'd ever done anything like that. And my brain went, ooh, I can, I can do a beard. Like I can draw on a beard. Because anytime I get to dress up, I'd always liked to draw on a beard. And mm -hmm. then very quickly after my brain said, you don't need to draw it on. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there and suddenly I'm just starting to cry. My co-pastor's across from me and he just is like, you okay? <laughs> and I said, I don't have to draw on a beard. And he didn't get it. <laughs> and I had to, you know, Take a moment and then just say, like, I'm just having a euphoria moment right now. And it's because I get to dress up like a biblical character with an actual <laughs> beard. And uh, it was cool. It was just a cool moment to be on stage in my full authentic self doing like an 80s style biblical character. I'll, just, I'll, post, a <laughs> I'll post a photo later. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and and it was um it was very healing for me in a way that I didn't know I needed. Mm. I didn't know that I needed this random moment. But I got it. And I got it in church. I love that. And it was cool. In the midst of all of this hardship that I have this like this safe place. With mm -hmm. these people that, you know, are still growing and still struggling on pronouns sometimes, which cracks me up with how I appear. To, to <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, you're really, you're really pushing back against the gender norms by calling me she, her, actually, in some ways. And it's kind of funny. Um, right. But they support me. Mm. And they want me to just be who I am, right? And so mm -hmm. that's... I don't know. These are the like light moments that keep keep you keep us walking through the hardship and on the shards of glass and the is having those having that support. We promised that we weren't gonna do doom scrolling. I think it is it's so important to focus on the little points of light where we have them where 
when it can be tempting to just feel like everything is gone dark. Like um, August and I got to speak at a, a rally this last week on Trans Day of Visibility that our church was hosting. It was like an interfaith event. I was so like, bummed I didn't know about it. I would have been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was um, not as well advertised as it, it could have been. I I tried to put it on. I tried to advertise about it to the degree that my ADHD. Oh, <laughs> well, I, mean, I feel but, that. I feel that. I feel that. Just um, you know, but, I was rooting from you, for, rooting for you from a, <laughs> from nearby. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. Like it meant it meant a lot to us to be part of an event where specifically people of faith stood up and said, like, because of our faith commitments, we support trans people. Yeah. Not like not in spite of like like I embraced my trans identity at first for like theological reasons. Like I felt like it was a part of my like sanctification, like becoming more like the God who is yes. neither male nor female. Yes. And I it it was great standing up with other other Christians. Uh there's a Muslim woman who spoke um, somebody from a Hindu and Sikh background. There was a, a Jewish rabbi who's a woman. Like, and all of us, because of what we believe about the divine, believe that transness is something holy and should be not just tolerated, but like, Respected, admired. Yes. Maybe maybe coveted. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And like the main thrust of what I said was that there's a lot that there's a lot to be afraid of right now. There's a lot that I'm afraid of right now. But the like one of my one of the things I'm most sure about is that God stands on the side of the oppressed and ensures our liberation and that work for liberation in the world is God's work. And so we know that it's going to succeed Amen. in the end. Amen. Like things look so, so dark, but, and like they might, they might get darker, but they're not going to win. We're going to win. Yes. We are not backing down. We are not shutting up. Make me <laughs> in a non kinky <laughs> like way. It's, <laughs> it's getting, I feel like it's getting so much more obvious to anybody who has eyes to see and ears to hear that the like the people standing in the way of progress are on the side of hate and we're on the side of love. Like, yes. which, which side do you want to be on, bitch? <laughs> like, the, it's past time to decide. And some people have made their decision. Yeah. Like a lot of people who claim the name of Christ are intentionally standing on the side of hate. And that is really disheartening. And all I can say to them is you can't sit with us. Yeah. It's so interesting because like, you know, when we talk about the table as an analogy, you know, like we just want to sit at the table. It's interesting because 
now that we are, you know, like we created our own table. <laughs> we like built <laughs> we're like, we built that table, bitch. Um and and we're saying, you know what, like we were willing to sit here with you until you were until you hit this point where you just you want you want us to not exist. Right. It's not that you just don't understand. It's not that you need you need some time and we need to be patient for you to grow. It's that mm-hmm. you you want to go in the opposite direction of growth. And that we can't we just can't like you said earlier on, it's just like we can't relate. We peer, we just can't relate to them. Mm-hmm. And I am thankful to be on this side. I'm thankful to be on the the side of love and empathy, where empathy is not a sin. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm thankful to be doing this work. I'm thankful to be in a position where um I get to consistently have new conversations with queer and trans folks who are at all differing levels of of figuring things out and 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 help them in some way and learn from them in other ways like Mm -hmm. i am thankful to be alive right now in this time still Mm -hmm. and to be a part of fighting for our liberation which is as you say liberation for all and I'm thankful to be meeting so many allies and advocates that seem to get it, <laughs> seem to actually get it. And I say the advocates because there are a lot of parents of trans youth that are making hard decisions to either move their families or to show up and to fight, you know? And mm-hmm. um, we're in a very unique time right now. And as yeah. as you said earlier, it's the growth is not going to be linear. You know, I just try to think about like it might be a silly thing to think about. It might be too basic, but I think about like how Germany is. Like my friend, who's uh, he's black and and he's a drummer, and uh, he's he has said before that like Germany was one the one place that he felt like the most comfortable on his touring. Like he said, oh, interesting. Like in some of the, in some places, like in America, like he'll walk into a store. He's kind of a nerdy black guy. He'll walk into a store and uh, immediately be being watched. You know, mm. in some places, I hate but that. like in Germany, like he didn't have that experience at all. Like people were walking up to him, and be like you, like like excited that they were meeting an American, or like excited to like hear about his touring, and like weren't fearfully. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And and I just think about like the horribleness that went on in Germany, you know, mm-hmm. and that they've grown from that. And 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 sometimes it helps me to kind of separate from it because obviously we have stories like that in America. But like sometimes it helps me to go like, well, that other country, they grew, <laughs> they went through a lot of horrible shit, and they somehow mm-hmm. grew from it. And I've been through a lot of horrible shit personally, and I've grown from it. I can't believe some of the things I used to say, right? And and sometimes just those little steps can help me to kind of like be able to endure these moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're recording on Good Friday right now. And 
Um, whenever Good Friday rolls around, I hear a lot of people say, um, or sort of use it as an opportunity to like rail against the kind of like bad substitutionary theology they were raised with. Like God had to kill Jesus because he was he would have been very mad with you otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like obviously that's horrible and none of us should have ever heard that on good friday but a lot of us did but i feel like a lot of progressive people will swing the pendulum too far on the other side and say that like suffering is never redemptive it never has a redemptive effect and i just i don't see how you could be a person who has suffered profoundly or somebody from a community that suffered profoundly and say that yeah like exactly like those of us in marginalized communities, like we're just better. We're better people because we have suffered. Mm-hmm. Like you don't suffer. You end up like Trump and the Trump kids. Yeah. Like, I think it's obvious that suffering is redemptive, that that theology never should have been weaponized the ways that it was and is, especially against those of us who are in marginalized communities. Yes. Like I remember when I was in uh, mm. like non-affirming Christian spaces like they they would tell me the like um you know denying your um transness and your like quote unquote same sex attractions like that's your cross to bear <laughs> like that's those are your sufferings that will lead to redemption it's like mm, bitch what if i just decide not to suffer in those ways how would that be <laughs> right there's so many other ways to suffer so many other things <laughs> right and the the ways this Theology has been weaponized against black people. Yes. Um, both in slavery and like after slavery and Jim Crow kind of contexts against women. Like all those are horrible, but we can also we can denounce those denounce and condemn those theologies and also say, like, yeah, I've I've seen how my suffering has made me more like God and helped bring other people you know, closer to to god or to their own truth and and that our suffering never should have happened yes yes and like i feel like when i so often say it is the world is not black and white like this is such a good example of the layers mm-hmm. you know of of like we cannot simplify this in a black and white way the way that it was used to weaponize like that's how it so quickly turns into that you know Mm. like it's interesting to me to think about that there are people who on one side this is similar to the 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 abortion and pro-life debate kind of scenario like there are so many people think that they're like protecting our children right like we're protecting our children from drag queens we're protecting our children and then there's we're protecting our children from guns. We want to protect our children from guns. And both mm-hmm. people have this root desire to protect the children. Mm-hmm. And completely different ways in which they think that we can protect the children. And at the end of the day, they have to come together. They have to see and understand each other in order to come to a solution because right now what we're continuing to to deal with is this like 
cacophony of, of like just yelling at each other like the no i'm protecting the, no i'm protecting the, no i'm protecting the children and and it's insane like you yourself are a parent you and august are parents you're both trans you both like know what it feels like to in in a way that i don't fully understand what it feels like to want to protect the children like you can mm. relate to this to this feeling you know what i mean like you you do feel this feeling so it's just like it it's so frustrating cuz one of my skills is to have conversations to have hard conversations to have uncomfortable conversations mm. and the reason why that's my skill is because of my my lack of privilege because of my because of my um unfortunate circumstances that i've that i've been through that that like have caused me to grow right and then we want mm -hmm. these people who've had a ton of fucking privilege to be able to 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 meet us like 25 percent of the way <laughs> like like 10 percent. <laughs> like we'll right. we'll do tons of the work we'll get there with you across this bridge if you could just come a little ways and it feels like the people who do the allies and the advocates are those that have experienced some sort of suffering Mm -hmm. Most of the time, most of the time, it's it, sometimes they've only needed one or two hard experiences of suffering to go, oh, or to have a family member that's queer or trans. You know what I mean? Like it's taken yeah. one point for them. And I can see how easy it would be to like jump onto this bus of like, you just need to experience some more suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help. <laughs> Can I help? I'd like to help. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so easy to simplify that and not see the, there's a better word than layers, but that's the word that's coming to mind right now. Seeing the, the depth of it. Yeah. Everyone take a deep sigh with me because we need it. There's some tightness, I'm sure, in everyone's chest. Just a big, big breath. Should we wrap up? I think so. There's not like. There's always more to say, but. There's always more to say. Thank you for being with us through this episode. If you've made it through, if you've needed to stop multiple times, I'm proud of you for knowing yourself well enough to stop. Me, I'm the person that binges something and then cries a bunch later and <laughs> says, why did I do that? <laughs> and crying is good too. So if you've needed, if you've cried with us, um, I'd love to know your name if I don't know already who you are thank you for being with us um as we always do um if you feel like you believe in what we're doing um and what we're doing is i'll talk about a little bit of what we do um we don't just have a podcast we actually jack and i started as a small community in um in pasadena actually um california and then pandemic happened and we went online and all of a sudden there was people that had access to us. And mm -hmm. then um, 
Jack started a group um, in person again when um, they were able to um, at their church. Uh, and uh, we have a Discord community that, that has continued on um, and stays. It's such a beautiful little community of supportive folks. And um, there are some key folks on there that help kind of keep things rolling and moderate when when I need a break, and um, and I'm so thankful for them. I'm so thankful. I'll just straight up say, Nova and Arden and Steven, thank you. You are the best. Um, and uh, and Jana also, thank you for for putting in the effort when um, when we've needed it. I know nothing about Discord, so some of the technicalities are, are helpful when, <laughs> when we've been able to have that. But they they kind of keep the ship going and. Um, and it's been a really beautiful community to see grow and change and and uh, grow together. It's been four years uh, as a community now, right? More. I believe you. What is time right? anymore? <laughs> and so, and then we started a podcast two years ago, and so it it has just continued to to grow and flourish, and we hope that it will go even further than that. Um, but even if we've been in your lives, your life just for like a month long binge or whatever, we're thankful to be here and um, mm -hmm. to be a part of, of your life and in this way. Um, but we welcome you to join us in whatever way um, we have Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you go to at lav mafia, L A V M A F I A, you can also find us at lavmafia.com. And I believe that, Jack can also share with us a little bit about ways that, that you can support us. Early in the episode, we talked about the the need to focus on those little point, pinpoints of light when it feels like everything is dark. And Jess and I hope that we can be that for you. And if, if that's something you want to help keep going, I hope you'll consider going on patreon.com slash lavmafia and helping us to keep this going. It really does make a difference. It helps us to feel like this is making a difference, even if it's um, a little bit of extra cash to put gas in our tank. Um, <laughs> and um, and so we really, we really appreciate it. And we're happy to be back. And I'm happy to be talking regularly with you again, Jack, and just being able to catch up in this way. And I can't wait till, to, um, to do it again and uh, to, to get back in our rhythm. Yeah, me too. All right. Beautiful, gorgeous, resilient, strong babes. Be fierce and keep the faith. And don't fuck it up. Our amazing music is written and produced by Evan Coles of Springwood Productions. Speaking of Springwood, I just want to thank them for recording, mixing, and producing our audio. Without them, this podcast wouldn't be happening. Springwood is made up of passionate creatives who are really easy to work with and professional, and they really know their stuff. So if you need anything like video or audio production, or they can really do anything to help your music or business. Like they got me Taco Bell one time, for God's sake. So go check them out at springwoodproductions.com. 